Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. It's early Saturday morning down at the football ground in Brooklyn, Wellington. Warren Hetherington's cheering on his nine-year-old son, Lucas, as he plays for the Brooklyn Northern United Cyclones, grade 10. How's Lukey doing, Warren? Brilliant. Much better focus it on the field than it is. A few other things. He's at home doing his chores. Warren's family is one of over 200,000 sole parent families in New Zealand, and we're going to get to know them in this episode of Flying Solo, a series on what it takes to raise children on your own in New Zealand today. Luke's other passions, gaming. So he he really enjoys, um, he's playing at the moment FIFA on FIFA 17. The 2013 census recorded that the majority of sole parents are women. Only 16% are men, and Warren is one of them. He's middle-aged, middle-class, and a manager in a government department. He has four kids from two previous relationships. Uh, you're a left-back. Uh, Lucas, you're a centre-back. So what's your role, Lucas? What was the score, Lukey? I'm um, 7-0. There you go. Really, 7-0? Brilliant. So 7 to you guys, obviously. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Would you count yourself identify as a Pākehā New Zealander? Yep, definitely. Irish, Scottish, English and French. Um, born in Christchurch. My dad was a bank manager. We went around all around the country, lived in different places. Did that give you a taste for travelling, perhaps? Yeah, it probably did, actually, because inadvertently, um, whenever I got to a new place, I'd get on my bike and explore. Um, also, I think the other upside of travelling around so much was it made me very... Um, that will change. Okay, so what's the plan now, Warren? It's lunch, isn't it? Well, we're off. To, we're going to go to a deli. Yep. And get some lovely stuff, and then we're going to go home and have some beer. What do you reckon? Oh, another beer? Nice. Beer. No beer. Beer. Not beer. Where am I having a beer? <laughs> Clearly, wipe that. Wipe that, Linda. Burger. Burger. <laughs> Warren and ex-wife Meg had the three eldest kids: Jacob, Georgina, and Olivia, all in their early twenties. And Warren split up when the kids were at primary school. His first taste of being a solo dad. Yeah. A bit young to be starting on beers. <laughs> oh, you can never be too young. So, what's your favourite food, Loki? Besides beer. Um. What's your favourite food, Mister? Um. To say veggies. No. <laughs> um, tomatoes, capsicum, and carrots. Well, there is veggies. And cucumber. A decade later, Warren had fourth child Lucas with ex-partner Christine. They split up when Lucas was four and share the care of their youngest. How many sugars do you want? Milk and sugar. All right. No Do you want a bit of shot, a bit of sugar? It's called like an Irish coffee. Chuck a bit of whiskey in that coffee. Top of the morning to you. I want some beer after. You want some beer after? All right, Jack and Luke, have a beer for lunch, please. Father of the year. Cheeky banter between Olivia, a.k.a. Livy, and Dad as they cook up burgers in Warren's three-storey modernist home in Northland, close to the capital CBD. A self-contained flat downstairs serves Warren's three eldest as they come and go. What is your outfit tonight? So I've got a... <laughs> I've got a nice, rusty, beck and bride play suit that I'm wearing. 
place. Warren gets on well with his kids. Is it called a play suit? Beckenbridge. Yeah, but I, I never, I don't understand why it's called oh. a play suit. Warren, it's 2017, get with it. Yeah, you play with He's also now. on no, good terms no. with his two exes. <laughs> yeah, well, I, got, I was invited to the Meg's wedding earlier this year. And she headed up at Kitty Kitty, and um, yeah, it was great. It was, so it was lovely to come along. It was lovely to catch up with extended family and old friends that we, mutual friends that we used to have. The kids really enjoyed having us all there together. So yeah, it was really lovely. Now, how long have you been a solo parent? When when did you you and oh, Christina gosh. split up? Be about together? six years, probably. Yeah, about six years. Any splitters? going to be difficult. Were you able to sort of settle into a really good, healthy co-parenting? We were able to separate. The co-parenting aspect from the relationship aspect, so I think we shared, you know, and had in common um, the fact that that is something that um, we didn't want Luke to be sort of caught in the middle of any um, the adjustment of being separated. But I think obviously like any um, separation um, we both dealt with it uh, at, 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 different, at a different pace and in a different way. How uh, old was Lucas? Four. And the proportion of care, has it sort of been like a 60-40 split? I only basically had Luke initially um, every second fortnight. So sort of a 80-20 split? Yeah, yeah, initially. Um, and then gradually as I sort of, you know, adjusted um, to the situation, I think we just um, slowly increased the amount of time that I had Luke and um, and Luke obviously felt more you know wanted to spend more time with me which was a driving factor and I certainly missed his company so um, we just basically it evolved from there and, gre- and has gradually ramped up to at the moment a 40-60 and, and I think the only reason that it's it's still 60-40 is because what's really good for Luke is now that Christine's actually remarried I mean her partner her new partner Aaron has got three girls and it's it's uh, the, the difference I suppose a big defining difference between living here and living with Christine is um, that Christine um, there's all that interaction with siblings um, if Luke was here there'd just be a lot less for him to do or interact with mm-hmm. because you know as I say there's only really me <laughs> I actually just want to put something out there he is the messiest person in this entire house your dad is? He's awful, yes. I clean up after him. When was the last time you picked up one from my other way? Warren's second daughter, Olivia, has been working as a nanny in Sydney and is back home for her mum's wedding. So what does she think of her parents' split? I mean, my parents divorced when I was about three years old. Yeah. And I don't think it really had a big... I don't think it had an impact on me at all. I mean, it definitely had an impact on my brother because he was older and he was more used to them being together. But the way I look at it, if my parents were still together, then we wouldn't have Lucas. Yes. I wouldn't have my beautiful little half-brother, so... Um, yeah, I definitely prefer it how it is now. Would you have preferred that your parents divorce rather than stay together and be yeah, really un- unhappy? Yeah, definitely, because if they'd stayed together and they were unhappy, it would have eventually come out and it would have shown and whatnot. And I feel would like what they did, they did... on you? Not or? only for the sake of us, but for the sake of their own happiness as well. And I think that's really important, that when you have three kids, is that you still... Like focus on your happiness as well, and you don't completely lose all that for the sake of your kids. Now, Warren, you're right now just uh, frying up a hamburger for Lukey because he's really hungry. <laughs> yes, yes. But while Olivia coped well with her parents divorcing, her older brother JP struggles with depression. As a solo father dealing with the toughest issues means keeping communication channels open at all times. 
Paul Warren, the rewards are invaluable. It strikes me that you're a very open and communicative family because mm, you, you know, I mean, JP right now wouldn't be disconcerted by you speaking openly about... No, no, no. He's, he's you know, his upbringing and and some of the yeah, challenges well, he faced. We've, we've, well, we've we've been together to um, sessions with his psych. You know, I got him in, in touch with a a child psychologist and um, facilitated a number of meetings. And I came along as well on a, on a number of occasions to those meetings. So I think yeah, it was uh, it was great because it's something that him and I can talk about openly and and discuss. Which is and really check, important. Check in. Oh, absolutely. I mean. I do. It's it's difficult uh, ke- keeping up with catching up with him these days because he's geographically um, removed. He's so in Melbourne, yeah. Mm, different time what, zones. Why do you think it's important to be as open as possible with your children about um, issues like depression or? Oh, because I think that um, you, you ideally want to feel that if you can, if you can't talk to anyone else, you can talk to your parents about it. Even though it's almost the opposite. And in some cases, I think my kids have. Um, being encouraged from a very early age to be able to talk about anything, whether it be about drugs, whether it be about they didn't talk to me drugs, alcohol, yeah, anything, depression, mm-hmm. even sex to some extent. Your parents think you're at a sleepover and you're actually out combing out in like a farm or something, you know? Like it's important that you used to do that a lot, sweetheart. Remember, you used to, you used to <laughs> I went through my phases. I'm not like that phase. anymore. I'm actually going over to a friend's place, but never actually going over there and staying. Okay, really. every single so person. She went through a little <laughs> phase well, of like, lying. Yes, oh, fibbing about what she, where she was staying. So she yes, yes. She, she had a game plan. But, so, but then after a while, when I started telling you what I was actually yeah. doing, you know I was near got as angry at me when you yeah, yeah, would, yeah, when I would tell you the truth. That's true, exactly. And I learned that because at first I was just, I was purely scared to tell you because I thought you were just like, no, you can't go. Whereas when I actually started telling you, you'd be like, all right, well, text me if you need me to come pick you up because now I actually know where I can pick you up from. I think it's just like, obviously, like, I'm only 20, but when I think about, like, when I'm a parent, I definitely want my kids to tell me, just because, like, I'm still in my teenage years, and when I think about my kids and their teenagers, I think about that I would want them to be completely open with me as much as they can about this type of stuff. Yeah, because you want, like, you want to be their parent, obviously, but you also want to have, like, that friend kind of relationship with them so they feel comfortable to open up to you about... You want to be able to trust your parents? Yeah, yeah, definitely, and I trust my parents. I tell my parents everything. Warren sees some things differently now, in hindsight. Um, the only thing I would have probably had it in terms of regret is that I didn't really... I'm quite lousy fair in terms of the way I was managing the kids at that stage, and I didn't really set strong boundaries around discipline, around um, homework and schooling and and things like that. I did actually, much as I was myself, just left my own devices to actually manage my own time and to manage my own, um, just, you know, to be self-disciplined. And so consequently, as a regret, I, w- I would say that they probably needed more boundaries and, um, and, and me pushing them to actually to try harder and to um, ex- try and excel. With nine-year-old Lucas, are you doing that? Um, more... more um, it's a team effort with um, Christine and I, but I think Christine is far better at that than I am. I mean, it just happens to be my personality type. But I do think that uh, out of respect for what she's trying to to do, I, tr- I make more of an effort to try and make sure that Luke is more structured. Any regrets in regards to the relationship side of things? I mean, because one minute you're in a marriage and the next minute you're single. Well, the regret was that I suppose that I wasn't very hands-on 
I don't think I did it terribly well initially, especially things like cooking dinner and stuff like that. Um, honestly, it was just, that, that was almost a, a bit of a joke, really. I mean, I do takeaways for ages, um, and, and because I just wasn't used to cooking big meals for everybody, and um, even cooking the, the actual family dinner. And even just the house was set up. I mean, I stayed in a, um, a relatively small two-bedroom flat. You know, it wasn't a family home, obviously. So Meg had the family home. I had this little two-bedroom or one-bedroom bed city type thing. It wasn't very big. And the kids would all come round. And, um, and, and, but I only had them for a relatively short period at that point, like a, a couple of days. But, I mean, you know what I mean? It was just like they didn't, it wasn't homely. It wasn't... Where are they going to sleep? Or well, they just all slept on the floor, you know, or, yeah. or, in, or in the spare bedroom, but all next to each other. So it, it wasn't great for them. It wasn't a great mm. transition. They didn't mind because they actually would, again, the kids are very adaptable, but um, it, it didn't facilitate actually sort of um, having, you know, spending more time, you know, increasing the, uh, the custody of the kids because I just didn't have an environment that was conducive for that. And they ultimately just... Um, Spent more time with their mum. And wanted to because it was just easy. You know, they had all their stuff at mum's. Did you miss them? Um, I mean, the, when you first split up with Meg and you had that long stretch without them, did you miss them? I, I, I definitely miss them, I think. Um, but the problem was because I'd actually only been seeing them either in the evenings or in the weekends, I didn't really have quality time with them in the evenings anyway because it was time to go to bed by the time I go home and... But they weren't really an integral part of my my daily routine at that point. So yes, I did have, I did have um, regrets about um, that aspect of that first marriage. But the Luke, it was very very different. Would it be fair to say that one one potentially one regret might be with your three older older kids that you had a lot less time with them because any relationship takes time, doesn't it? Mm. And and just well, you just miss out on so much. I mean, if I compare it with what I do with Luke, um, my relationship with Luke is... is I, I've had a significant influence on him right from day one. Whereas the other kids, even though I had a um, an influence on them, it, the, the influence got greater as they got older. It didn't actually evolve right from the outset. Um, so it's only now, um, it's only since really the um, I've had the opportunity to spend more one-on-one time with them and do one-on-one stuff with them, that, that our relationship is a, is, has steadily evolved. With all four of your children? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Just because your kid comes home from school and they're, like, I don't know, like, laughing at the dinner table or something, like, there's... You never know what's going on in someone's life. And, like, it's always safe well, to well, check. With JP, we, we took, didn't know about JP's depression for a very, very Yeah, and I think yeah, your, your older brother. People with depression, they cover it really, really well. Mm-hmm. And, like, a lot of people, some, like, people have different ways of dealing with it. Like, some people, they do things, which is a cry for help, so they can seek, the, like, the help that they need. I mean, and JP people, has struggled with depression. And when did you first realise that he was struggling with depression? How old was he? And how did it make you feel at the time? Well, um, it was... Uh, um, how old was he? 14, maybe 15. Um, but he t- it's, it's only because he told me. And he... Um, we just were out for a walk together and on holiday. And... Had he already told his mum, Meg? No, no. Oh, he, he told me first, actually. 
and um, I think he talked about it with, um, well, he had talked about it with his um, sisters and um, how he was feeling. And that's, so that alerted me to it. So that's, uh, I suppose that was the impetus, that was the reason we went for that walk, because I wanted to talk to him about it. And he um, basically opened up and told me everything he was feeling. How did you feel? I was, I was shocked. I had no idea. I'm completely blindsided by it, really. But I was absolutely stoked, obviously, that he had told me and that she shared it with me. And we both made a plan. Well, I certainly um, was very um, keen to, to not to, to um, underplay it and to actually go and work with him to seek professional help. But I didn't tell Meg... Why didn't you want to? Well, she well, knows now, but why she not? Knows now. Um, because I was just, I, I wanted JP um, to, to do that. It wasn't my place to, to, if he just, I felt I didn't want to betray his trust. Is it, is it something, I mean, you never stop being a parent, do you? So No, no, you never stop being a parent, you never stop worrying. So he might be 25, but you're still... Oh, yeah, I, I get very um, worried if I, if I reach out to him and try to talk to him and um, I don't, he, he doesn't respond. So I worried, you know, obviously a lot about um, what, what his mental state is and if he's happy or, uh, or um, uh, and, and, and having a downer and, 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 um, and, and stuff like that. So um, the only, actually, I'm, I'm very fortunate though because he's very, very sensitive and he, he cares a lot about how I feel or what I, uh, he doesn't want his parents to worry. Um, so consequently, <laughs> as soon as he thinks I'm worrying, he will make an effort to, to contact. Yeah, which is really lovely. But it's, I'm very fortunate in that sense with all my kids. Depression would be one of the big scary ones for any parent. Definitely. Having your kids ha- having struggling with depression. Mm. And also potentially being a single parent or solo parent and struggling with depression yourself. Were there any moments for you during the, both of the breakups or the splits where you felt very alone? Um, well, I mean, you're obviously yeah, flying solo, um, you're always... When I was with the kids, I never felt alone. When the kids were with their mum, um, then there was definitely periods of loneliness, absolutely. Yeah. Um, not, but not when I had the kids, obviously. So, um, in fact, in many ways... That was um, one of the things that you know, relieved the loneliness um, was to be able to do things with the kids and play that with, um, and just get involved in their um, their own hobbies and interests and things like that. So it was great because often I wouldn't have a, I didn't have a partner at the time, so it was fantastic. And getting back out into the dating scene um, was that hard work? Did you ever encounter any? women or, you know, people, women that would consider your children, especially if they didn't have any themselves, as, as baggage? It was a term that I'd never even heard before <laughs> prior to actually, um, not, not, it wasn't actually on a date situation, but it was a woman's perspective, it was a friend of my ex's, and, um, you know, she described my children as baggage at that particular point, at, at at just in the conversation I was having with her. And I was just completely flabbergasted. I had no, never heard that term used for children. It was almost quite outraged, really. Um, I, I just thought, because, I mean, she didn't have children of her own. And um, I just thought, 
I was, I was blown away that she could have that, concept, uh, that, that, that perspective. But I have to say, um, having met um, other women, I have actually subsequently met women, especially more mature women, that don't have that problem or issue. Any advice for other flying solo parents out there? Well, I actually think um, it's one of my biggest things, um, I, I can't remember if I mentioned it earlier, but I think it's, it's, it's um, co-parenting. It can work very, very well if you if you do it well. So in other words, it's not the fact that you separate from somebody that is actually, um, it, it doesn't have to be seen as, as a very negative thing. It doesn't have to be seen as a um, something that's actually in some way going to compromise your ability to be a good parent. I don't think that's the case at all. I actually think um, you still have the opportunity in a situation like that to, to, to effectively co-parent so that the child in no way is actually negatively impacted by the separation. The fact that you've separated from your partner does not mean that in any way that you have to compromise the quality of um, the relationship you have with your children. Yes, I think it's the first thing that comes up in the family court, parenting through separation. And they say to remind the child, because children often blame themselves mm. and think that they are responsible for their parents' split or 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 they hope that their parents will get back together again. Mm. Did you Especially hear that on. from oh, Lucas yeah. a lot? Well, like, not, not so much. Oh, actually, funnily enough, not so much Luke, actually, but certainly the, the, other, um, the other kids. No, but JP in particular, I mean, the oldest. I mean, you're right, Liv didn't actually have any real concern about it whatsoever, um, really. Um, but JP was the oldest and the one that f was most devastated, absolutely devastated, um, and would often plea um, with both of us to actually to, so to reconcile. plead with you? Oh, yeah, to reconcile, definitely. Mm -hmm. Yep, so he really, 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 um, being so sensitive as well, um, and and um, I think you know the kids did ask themselves. I think I'm sure that you know that they were somehow responsible that they caused the fighting and and we fought over that. That's what they thought that we fought over. But um, no. But again, um, both Meg and I never lost sight of the fact that um, um, you know that, that, that it had nothing to do with the children, and we didn't want the children to be negatively impacted by. Or sorry, we want to minimise the impact. We we're quite conscious about that, even though we didn't always get it right. You didn't want the children, to, your children, to blame themselves. No, no, no. And, well, not, and we didn't want be the, them to be the meat the sandwich. And we tried, not as I say, we don't always get it right, but we did try to actually not. I think when you're actually hurting and you're actually going through a separation, there is a tendency to t sometimes vent at, um, at your through your kids at your partner so the kids hear you venting because um, you're actually working through all that so you're verbalising and you're and, and you're doing that in front of the kids and the kids actually um, that can really be quite detrimental to the children and um, I don't think we were neither of us were fully aware of the impact of that until you know and, and but we obviously the more aware we became the more we endeavoured not to but it's just something that in terms of advice that's one thing <laughs> Don't say anything, try to avoid to say anything nasty about your partner. Your ex-partner. About your ex-partner to your children, to their, about their mother or their father. Absolutely. Yeah, just don't do it. I'm Linda Chanwai Earl, and you've been listening to Flying Solo, engineered by RNZ's Daniel Bieben and Phil Benj. 
In Flying Solo next week, we meet Tamsin. She's Tongan, an aspiring opera singer and a solo mum. You can find us on iTunes or check out our webpage at radionz.co.nz forward slash flying solo. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.